0: We all owe them, but very few of us know them. They are the men and women of our military and first responder communities. And these are their stories. American Warrior Radio is on the air. Well, well, ladies and gentlemen, we are listening to American Warrior Radio. This is your host, Ben Bueller garcia We're broadcasting to you from the Four Patriots studio. Visit 4Patriots, that's the number 4Patriots.com. They champion freedom and self-reliance and give you and your family the tools to do so. You know, right now we're approaching brownout season. It would probably be a smart move to have one of their outstanding solar-powered generators just in case something happens. Don't forget, no matter what you buy, if you use the code WARRIOR at checkout, you'll get a 10% discount off your first purchase. Like any tool, artificial intelligence can be used in productive ways or... With evil intentions, AI can be used literally revolutionizing how our next war may be fought. And frankly, I found it pretty scary. I'm from the generation that was raised on the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey and the rogue computer HAL 9000. Of course, there's also Skynet Neural Network Terminator series of movies. So full disclosure, call me cynically cautious about artificial intelligence. Today as part of our veteran entrepreneur feature, we're going to talk about how AI can be used for good. In 2022, there were 303 shootings involving 332 persons shot on K-12 school campuses, on school campuses, 332 persons. Zero Eyes uses AI to audit camera feeds to detect weapons. The sooner an active shooter threat can be detected, the quicker law enforcement response time can be, and that saves lives. Founded in 2018, Zero Eyes is the only AI-based gun detection analytics platform with the Department of Homeland Security Safety Act designation. They have contracts with schools, military bases, government properties, and businesses in over 30 states and three countries. Joining us to explain the technology and his motivation behind creating the company is former Navy SEAL, now CEO and co-founder of Zero Eyes, Mike Lahiff. Mike, welcome to American Warrior Radio. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Mike, like I said in the introduction, maybe because I'm not as educated as you, the whole AI thing just scares the heck out of me. I don't use chat GDP or any of that stuff. Um, gosh, maybe I should, the way my producers looking at me about my scripting. But I'm glad to hear your story, and I'm glad to hear your success. And in particular, you know, we got a lot of veteran entrepreneurs on the show, Mike, and, you know, they're producing a product, and, and God bless them, and they're selling it, and they're making lots of money, and God bless them. I tell you, the one thing I love about you and your team at Zero Eyes is not only are you producing an innovative product, but you're doing it to save lives, and there's a lot to be said for that.
1: Yes, yeah, that's why we started the company. It was, um, you know, going back to 2018, a lot of us were sitting around. We are tired of turning on the news, seeing another school shooting or another active shooter in a church or a synagogue or wherever, whatever place of worship, being in a mall, even on our military bases. It really started in 1999 with Columbine, and nothing has changed. It's only gotten worse year over year, and me and the co-founders, we, we got together and we're, we're like, there's something that we could do, and kept banging our heads against the wall. But ultimately, um, it was shortly after the Parkland school shooting, my oldest daughter was in middle school at the time, her school started doing active shooter drills, and it was the first time she ever went through it. And she came home, She I was like, how was school? I could tell she was upset. I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, Dad, are they going to come? Is someone going to come into our school and shoot it like, these other schools? I was like, what? And so a few days later, I was in her school, sitting in there for, waiting for a sports practice to be over. And I was just hanging out with the other parents, waiting to take my kid home, looked around. And I noticed there's a security camera, like, every 20 feet in the school. And it's a big middle school. And so I did some, like, back-of-the-envelope math. And I was like, there must be two, 300 cameras in this building. So I asked the security guard, he was looking at the cameras, literally laughed and was like, no one's looking at the cameras. There's too many of them. Uh, We only look at them after something happens. Forensic evidence, you know, someone broke into a locker, there was a fight, et cetera. And I knew folks that were doing facial recognition technology. And I was like, wait a second, if you do facial recognition technology, instead of like all the, uh, the privacy concerns of personal identifiable information. While we just focus on the object of gun, everyone wants to know if there's a gun out on a campus somewhere. And once you have that information, you, you run a gun detection over a security camera. You detect a gun. Now you can send that keyframe image alert out so they have a picture of what that person looks like, what type of weapon, how many shooters there are, and put it on a map for local staff, security, and first responders. So then you can really save time and save lives. Like I would have loved to have that technology while I was in the SEAL teams, and it didn't exist. And so we created it.
0: Now, Mike, you you mentioned you did spend ten years on the teams with the Navy SEALs, and I tell you, Mike, I, I interview a lot of special forces folks on the show, and one of the real common themes I hear is a sense of a loss of tribe and a loss of mission. And it, it seems like at right at that point in time, you were also going through that. You after you got out of the of the Navy, you were doing some work for uh, Comcast, NBC, Universal, pretty good job, it looks like. But I get the sense that you were still chomping at the bait. You didn't really feel like you were fulfilling a mission as as a sheepdog out there.
1: I did 10 years in the Navy. I was in a regular Navy for a bit, and then I went into the SEAL team. So I got to see both worlds of that within the Navy, and I had a phenomenal career. I, I enjoyed every moment of it. But as I mentioned earlier, I have kids. I was never home, and it was, it was time for a career change, so I left active duty in 2013. I finished my undergrad while I was on active duty uh, on nights and weekends. Through the Navy College Office, and they helped pay for it, and it, it was great. So I, I came out with my bachelor's degree, and I had no idea what I wanted to do when I transitioned, uh, and I'm le- leaving active duty. So I applied to business school. I was fortunate enough to get into Wharton Business School, which is one of the best business schools in the world, and it's also in Philadelphia, my hometown, where I grew up, and so. It worked out perfectly, but I, I was, the transition was tough. I, I was fortunate enough to have the, the school for that bridge to kind of figure out what my next moves were. Uh, I jumped around a little bit in, like, a private equity world and went over to Comcast. Ultimately, I I just felt like there was something missing, and I was very fortunate to have some of my friends from the team that also got out from active duty and moved to the Philadelphia area and like literally we're in platoons together it was just kind of ironic we all ended up in the same area and as I mentioned earlier we would sit there and get a coffee or a beer and just talk about like hey what are we going to do what are we doing with ourselves and we're looking for that mission but it was sickening to see all the the active shooters mass shootings that happened in the United States And, and then we're like let's let's do something about this and so that that really helped and now our company we have a little over 150 employees, and and I'd say probably 80% or more are veterans uh, from all branches, which is we're very proud of that, and it it helps, it, it makes going to work easy.
0: I tell you that that's something that really impressed me, Mike. Is if someone goes to uh, zeroeyes.com, uh, your website, and kind of fishes around a little bit, of the 14 members of your of your key leadership team, 10 are veterans many of them forming Navy SEALs or other, you know, special forces type folks. And I'm guessing you're not the typical Wharton
1: MBA student,
0: but I also hear that Wharton has got a very strong veterans group there.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, at Wharton has an the Penn in general, but Wharton specifically, their their veteran group is phenomenal. They really helped me when I was applying. They're very active on campus. They're very active within the community, helping people like, Figure out what their next step is with job interviews, all along those lines. But a very high amount of veterans there, which was and from enlisted through officer, well, all branches, and it was a great experience. And it was very cool to see that when I, I got to school. I think they specifically market to veterans so in some cases. That like certain, I might be speaking out of turn there, but I, I feel like they do. It's definitely pretty well known, at least in in the SEAL community and the soft community, that Wharton like veterans.
0: Uh, Mike, when we come back after the break, I want to talk a little bit more about your team because at least I know your co-founder was also a SEAL and maybe the top three brains behind this initially were all, were all Navy SEALs. Is that an accurate uh, summation?
1: So there's there's five, five of us, out of the five, four of us were Navy SEALs. The fifth was, uh, he's our technology brain, Tim Soldier. He's a, he's a wizard. I had... Uh, the Fortunate opportunity to my first job out of the Navy, my first year at Wharton. I actually took a part time job, and Tim was my first boss out of the Navy. Wow, <laughs> really good friends! And then ultimately, we're at Zero Eyes together,
0: ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to American Warrior Radio. This is your host, Ben Bueller Garcia. We're talking with Mike who who is one of the founders of Zero Eyes. Fascinating technology that's actually out there saving wise Check it out, zeroeyes.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to American Warrior Radio, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Ben buehler Garcia Just having an exciting veteran entrepreneur chat with Mike Lahef. You know, we've had a lot of Special Forces Navy SEALs on the show that have gone on to start their own private sector companies. I'm really excited about his company. It's called Zero Eyes. And what they do is they use artificial intelligence technology to merge, is probably not the right term, but basically they're monitoring real-time Cameras and things like schools and churches and government buildings and military bases, looking for active shooters in order to save lives. Mike, I saw an interview you did where you actually said
1: that there was a Zero Eyes before Zero Eyes. Tell us that story. Yeah, so in 2017, one of my buddies from the SEAL teams I went through training with, he was getting out, he was networking, and he, he met a gentleman here out in Pennsylvania, and they hit it off. He was also a Navy vet. He was trying to start a company, and he named it Zerowise. And he came from like a cryptology background. And they were trying to use Google Glasses to basically use AI computer vision over them to analyze everything. And they're looking for someone to run the company. And I met them, and I was like, basically, I was like, hey, you guys don't, there's nothing here. There's no, there's no, there was no product. There's nothing. But I was like, love the name, and didn't think much of it. And then my my friend from the SEAL teams kept pinging me on it. And I was already working with Tim and Rob and stuff and banging our heads against like what to do for active shooters in schools. And we kept coming back to like being a security consultant and that's not what we wanted to do. And I had that kind of aha moment after Parkland and sitting at my daughter's school. And I was like, wait a second, scratch Google glasses and all that stuff. Let's go an inch wide, five miles deep on being the best in class at detecting guns. And we could do that over security cameras and get that information to first responders and local staff as soon as possible. That situational awareness is critical in decreasing response times to save lives. So I went back and I was like, hey, we're just, what we're going to do is zero eyes. And I'm going to take it and run with it like this and worked it out with them and really like the name. And they also had an engineer. They had one engineer working with them that is still with us to this day. Kenny Gregory, he's the man. So shout out to Kenny there. And I wanted Kenny on a team. So kept it together like that.
0: One of the things we always ask veteran entrepreneurs like yourself, Mike, is let's talk about funding and financing. Uh, you know, a lot of people take out a second mortgage. They go to friends and family. I had a interesting entrepreneur who basically took to asking uh, Kilcliffe, the founder of Kilcliffe, Everybody he talked to, including the checkout boy at the grocery store, "Hey, you got a hundred grand? Hey, you got a hundred grand?" You know, eventually he got there. I don't know if it was from the checkout boy or not. But uh, how did Mike and his team come up with your initial seed funding? Oh man, we we
1: we. I always tell people we literally burned the boats. Uh we went all in. So there was no turning back. We had to make it work. We we liquidated our T S P our thrift savings plan accounts from when we got effective duty, college accounts, five twenty nine plans for the kids, my regular retirement account, uh second mortgage, maxed out credit cards to make payroll in the beginning. It was it got rough. I think at one point I had $6 in my checking account. We had payroll coming up, and there was like, I couldn't get another credit card. And so we literally burned the boats. And But it was right around, I was out pitching my tail off to anyone that would listen. And here in Philly, they have a couple different uh, pitch competitions for tech startups. And I did a few of them, and it landed on the right years of one of them, and they, they gave us our seed funding. That was our Grateful Investments, Dave Hall, Ted McCullough. Jose Sebastro, and they're still with us to this day and and are very involved with us. So they came to the table with our first seed funding after we self funded roughly like the first 600K of the business.
0: I tell you, I'm thinking, and again, Mike, you are much brighter than I, but this is not like something where you go buy some software off the shelf and then just start marketing it. There had to be a, a ramp up time where you're perfecting the technology and. One of the, the stories in, in Paul Shari's book, Four Battlefields, that made me laugh was they were working with a weaponized robot, and they took a lot of time teaching the, the artificial intelligence to recognize, A, a human, B, a human that's standing, C, a human that's walking, D, a human that's running, you know all the potential permutations of this potential aggressor. And then they went to eight Marines and said, okay, whoever can actually sneak up on the robot and touch it, without getting identified, you win the competition. Well, being Marines, two of the guys just got a big, like a washing machine, cardboard box, climbed inside of it and just walked up to it wearing this box, laughing the whole time. Well, of course, the robot couldn't recognize that there was humans inside the box. You know, another guy field-stripped a tree and, and put branches all over himself and just walked right up and, and touched the robot. So clearly they said, okay, that's <laughs> our robot needs a little more work. What was involved with you actually? Because I wouldn't even guess, Mike, how many types or shapes or kinds of guns there are out there. But how long did it take you to teach your system to recognize a weapon and, and to do it accurately?
1: It's a never-ending process. But going back just a little over five years ago, we're We're like, all right, we're doing this company. Everyone, we're kind of sitting there looking at each other, like, do we even have a product? And he was like, no, we don't. And so we to a drawing board and was like, all right, well, let's get a computer vision model that can detect guns. And Tim Soldier, that our CTO co-founder that I mentioned earlier, who was one of my first bosses out of the Navy, he had done work previously in computer vision. And so we're like, all right, we need data. You need data to create a model. So we went and scoured the internet, or we scraped the internet for images of guns, and we created this model, and we ran it over a video clip from the Matrix movie. And it was detecting guns. We're like, oh, this is, this is great. This is, this is phenomenal. Uh, this, that was easy. And then we went and hooked up a We are working out of my basement at the time. And we hooked up a security camera to the back of my house. And I have kids. I had toys all out there. There was like a basketball net. There was bikes, lacrosse sticks laying everywhere. And, and so we walked out there with some guns. And it's seemed like it picked up everything except for the gun. And we were like scratching our heads, what's going on here? And then we realized, well, our data sucks. And so we just scratched everything right there. And we started creating our own data, filming ourselves in different locations. And then we start getting into the weeds of like how we annotate the data and what type of camera was the data coming from and all the other variables that come into play. And we kept making small improvements, and then over time, and running new models, and then over time, we re- and we would test them, and then a lot of A-B testing. And then over time, we, we came up with a proprietary process to us to keep improving the model for detection accuracy and decreasing false positives. There's always a, a balance there. And so we got it to a point where are like, okay, this can work. Then we're like, well, we need a software platform that can scale to multiple camera feeds to run this. And so we had to start working on that. But in the meantime, we had enough to go pitch potential customers. And really we we're just trying to get to a beta site, a beta customer. And we we're pitching anyone that would listen to us. But then a uh, superintendent in New Jersey, Dr. Heilig at Rancocas Valley High School in New Jersey, he, uh, he was like, listen, you guys could test it out here and, and work it out and f- see what happens. And they let us have access to the school as long as the students weren't there. So we're there on like nights, weekends and holidays. And we had to work with the local police and we worked with local 911 center. And so it was really three things. It was like, can we get a software platform to ingest multiple camera feeds at once to run our computer vision model? Number two is like, does a computer vision model work in a variety of different environments and lighting conditions within that building, external and internal? And then three was like, all right, great. We're creating alerts, but who's going to receive those alerts and what does that look like? And it was a long process.
0: Mike, hold that thoughts. I want to talk more about that aspect of the technology. It doesn't, you know, it's not. Doesn't matter how good the product is if if nobody's hearing the alert. Ladies and gentlemen, Ben Bueller Garcia, your host here on American Warrior Radio. We're talking with the CEO and co-founder of Zero Eyes, Mike Leahiff. Check out zeroeyes.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to American Warrior Radio, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Ben Buehler-Garcia. We're broadcasting to you from the 4Patriots studio. At 4Patriots, they champion freedom and self-reliance and give your family the tools to do so. Check out their variety of products. Uh, outstanding. I personally endorse them. Visit it's 4Patriots, the number 4, patriots.com. Don't forget, you can use the discount code Warrior at checkout for 10% off your first purchase. We're talking with Mike Lahiff, who's the CEO and founder of Zero Eyes, a foreign Navy SEAL, 10 years in the Navy, Mike, this whole, this concept, hey, I love the fact this is out there and operational now, but um, this whole concept still kind of scares me a little bit. So coming back to how long was it from idea to working prototype?
1: A little over two years until we sold our first contract, and I was with our beta customer. And then we were getting, for the next year, like onesies and twosies here and there, a lot of pilots. A uh, lot of free pilots, people kicking the tires. And we're okay with that because it was making us better. And we could work, I mean, even to this day, we have engineers on that that are constantly, we have engineers on the AI side and on the software side that are constantly improving the platform and the product and the, the AI capabilities. So I call it two years before we, sub- so I was like, yes, I will buy this.
0: So a lot of entrepreneurs, you you go into someone's business and, and you'll see a, a framed dollar bill on the wall. You know, that that's the first dollar. They earned. Can you share with us who your first paying customer
1: was, or is that proprietary? Oh, no. It was our beta customer, Ranko Cocos Valley High School.
0: Okay. Back in my previous life, Mike, I I worked with professional sports teams and I would organize military recognition events. And, you know, the first pitch, it all start to see the same stuff over and over again. So I decided to have a team of uh, Air Force pararescue men rappel down the, the big green wall and center field, and we had a World War II vet who was doing the first pitch, and you know they kind of came out doing their you know secret squirrel stuff, and they secured the mound and gave him the, the ball and, and threw out the pitch. Well, because it was a, a public baseball arena, they couldn't carry their actual weapons, so they took the little rubber ones and painted them so they looked good enough. Do I assume that your software can't differentiate between a toy gun and a real gun? Or does it have to be something crazy like a, a Nerf gun before your AI says, no, that's that's a false positive?
1: Yeah, so you're, you're correct. So it's computer vision. It can't differentiate based on, upon the material or uh, if it's a toy gun or not. And that's where our ZOC, the Zero Eyes Operation Center, is is key. Um, we have uh, two operate monitoring centers, one in Hawaii and one in outside Philadelphia and it's staff 24-7, 365, and all of the alerts that come from our customer sites goes through there first, and you have a veteran sitting there or a former law enforcement that says, yes, that is a gun, and they hit dispatch, and it goes to our end users and the local 911 and to the first responders, or no, that is a false positive. And that's, that's critical to have that human in the loop on artificial intelligence, especially for what we we're trying to do.
0: I'm so glad you say that. I was just talking to my producer earlier. I'm one of those guys that believes when it comes to airplanes, there should always be a human in the cockpit. I just don't trust fully autonomous airplanes. But And these centers are staffed 24-365? Correct. Well, let me back up a little bit, Mike. If I've got a – and I, I tell you, to see doing my show prep, I, I it was disheartening. I mean, any mass shooter situation is bad, but uh, it's sort of disheartening to hear that now there's even – uh, churches that are looking to adapt this technology and use it walk us through if there is someone out there who is interested in this and feels there's a need for this how do they start the process i mean obviously they can go to zeroeyes.com and get started but what sorts of things for example do they need a certain a certain camera that's got a, a minimum resolution
1: yeah and so we tell people to have digital ip camera 1080p resolution would be perfect can go a little lower than that but ideally it's garbage in garbage out so if you have analog cameras before digital ip cameras it's like the vcr before the dvd before what we're working with now but uh analog cameras are just so highly pixelated it's it's garbage in garbage out and it's it's not going to work nowhere it barely works on analog cameras so you want to have digital ip cameras cameras that were put in probably within the last seven years ideally even closer to like four or five and that, that's our sweet spot. Uh, they have those types of cameras set up, then we're good to go. And they, they can reach out to us, and, and then we can go from there.
0: So basically your, your system is sort of piggybacking on the, the camera system they already have in place. What other equipment is required to, to make this actually function?
1: As long as they have their camera system set up on a network, meaning they have Internet access, we're good to go.
0: So, and I'm trying to picture in my mind's eye. You've got you're in 35 states, three different countries. I'm guessing that means hundreds, probably, of, of sites that you're monitoring. So, as the but the AI is actually doing the work of having I, I use the quotation fingers. It's eyes on these thousands of cameras all over the place, and then it it alerts a human when it when it sees something out of out of sort. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so in our operations center, they're not looking at live feeds. Like to picture a person sitting in there looking at a blank screen. And the only time they look at something is when zero or zero eyes platform thinks that sees a gun, and it will pull that keyframe image from that video feed and drop it in front of them, and they will look to verify. it. We see toy guns, Nerf guns, gel uh, blasters, real guns, the, the whole nine. The thing it's great about having a human in the loop. Though, too, is when you see that alert come in, you can, and it's usually multiple alerts at once. It's never like one of these, two these. What is, else is going on in that keyframe image? Like, is it kids laughing, having a, a, a super soaker battle? Or is it someone oh, walking around with a Nerf gun shooting darts? Is it, is it, and then the environment that is around it tells a much bigger story, much bigger picture. Yeah, and that's it in a nutshell.
0: And I assume you haven't quite perfected x-ray vision yet, so this the weapon has to
1: be exposed. It has to be
0: out from under the coat. It has to be drawn from the holster.
1: Correct. So partially concealed, but there's multiple variables in play. You you get in the distance, lighting, height of the camera, the type of camera, the resolution, the field of view, because it's based on like the pixel count. So if someone has an assault rifle, like an AR-15, and it's half of it's concealed under a coat but they're pretty close to the camera highly likely that we're going to pick that up
0: mike i spent quite a bit of time on your website and i saw a a data point that just amazes me and and correct me if i'm wrong with this in some cases your software can identify a threat within three seconds
1: if the gun is exposed so picture someone like in Uvalde, or what happened in Nashville, walking across a parking lot with a, a weapon out, uh, and they walk in front of a camera view, you know, camera feed. That alert is sent to us as fast as three or five seconds, and then it's sent to us in basically less than three seconds. Confirm it at our operations center and send it back out. The whole process comes about as fast as three or five seconds.
0: I want to talk when we come back after the break, Mike, about the the, the back end of this, if you will, the the process for notifying the the property itself or the local first responders but i don't want to get into that before the break and i'm guessing a lot of your clients don't necessarily want the world to know that they've got this system in place which is probably the smart way to go like i said you're on on military bases you're in in corporate properties as well and, and unfortunately even in some churches maybe but has there been in the, in the time if you can share in the time this has been operational? Has there been something we haven't heard about because your system intervened, or is that not something we talk about on the air?
1: Yeah, it's not something we typically would cover. So we, we've we had – it's never been the nefarious actor of, of a school shooter, but people that had a gun where they weren't supposed to be and they had it out for a reason they probably shouldn't. It's helped in those types of scenarios, but the the stop the school shooter no we haven't that hasn't happened yet. But as we get on more cameras and in more schools, I I think it's the probability of that happening is very high.
0: Okay, Mike if we come back. I want to talk more about the logistics of this I'm I'm kind of geeking out over here. I'm 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 digging this. which you guys are providing out there, ladies and gentlemen. You can learn more visit zeroeyes dot com. Don't forget you can find over five hundred podcasts like this one at americanwarriorradio.com or. Check out your favorite platform, if it's Amazon or iHeart or Pandora or Spotify. We're up on all those platforms, and you can hear how important this discussion is. Please, please share these messages with your friends and associates and families. This is your host, ben Garcia. We'll be right back with more. Welcome back to American Warrior Radio, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Ben Dula Garcia, having a wonderful conversation with Mike Lahiff. He is one of the founders of Zero Eyes, a former Navy SEAL. And uh, we're just talking about the technology. Basically, Zero Eyes is using artificial intelligence to identify potential active shooters, someone who's brandishing a weapon as a way of alerting the police more quickly. And, of course, as we know, that time saves lives. So, Mike, I'm at my facility, your AI catches something, alerts the human and your response center within three to five seconds, then what happens from there? Is a human actually picking up the phone and calling 911 in that local community, or is they a more
1: sophisticated and uh, standardized way of, of getting that alert out? The simple answer is both, um, and I, I can go through it. So alert comes in and one of our analysts that are sitting in our ZOC, the zero eyes Operations center, they hit, they're like, yep, that is a clearly a gun. They hit dispatch that alert. When they hit dispatch, our client during the process of onboarding will tell us who they want the alerts to go to. So like you mentioned earlier, before the break, you don't want that going out to everyone because then it's just mass chaos. So they have a list of people they wanted to go to that will be on that campus so those people are starting to move. And they get it via our mobile app on their phone, but also goes to a desktop notification where they have the Zero wise dashboard up and it has a map of their campus. So it clearly shows the image of the person with the gun highlighted, and then it points it on a map. So it'll be like uh, the northeast corner of the main building, first floor. And it highlights the name of the camera, too, because those people that receive that know where the cameras are. So they they can start getting there, having people to respond to that threat while simultaneously moving people away to safety. While that ha- when they hit dispatch, it goes on that path, but simultaneously it goes on another path. We have some partnerships in place, so it gets to the 911, also known as Peace App Center Public Safety Answering Point, goes to the local 911 because the police when they're responding, they're going off information that's coming over the cop mic and their their radio, and that's coming from a 911 dispatcher and it's being described verbally to them because they're they're flipping on the sirens, they're driving a the car, they're getting to the location. So it goes to the 911 PSAP at the same time. So that dispatcher could be like, hey, it's a 510 white male wearing a gray shirt and appears to be holding an assault rifle on the northeast corner of the main building at such-and-such such high school. And so now they know exactly where to go to. While that is happening, our manager in the ZOC is also picking up the phone, and they're calling the client to make sure that they received it, and there's another phone call going out also to 911 because it's just a backup. You know, redundancy is key here. And then as soon as they're like, yes, confirmed, we drop off the line, and we get out of their communications, they're starting their emergency response. That's it in a nutshell.
0: When I can envision some of these locations. They might be very large campuses, and, you know, there's lots of doors behind which the bad guy could be, so that's got to be extremely helpful for the first responders to know Precisely where they need to muster and where they need to concentrate their search. Now, are you at the same time, are you providing real-time tracking of the offender?
1: If they're moving in front of the same camera and not moving from that camera area, it will just keep pinging alerts from that camera. But as soon as they move, they walk down a hallway or across the parking lot to the other side of the building and they get picked up on other cameras. Those cameras will ping and send alerts. So when they're looking at our dashboard of the map of their campus or even on the mobile app, it will show those cameras like the, a cookie crumb trail for them. So they see, hey, the suspect is moving north on the west side of the main building, something along those lines. So you hit the nail on the head earlier. It's like you, when, when one of these events unfold right now without having a zero eyes in place, like a proactive solution, they just get a ton of conflicting 911 calls. That creates a lot of chaos. People reporting multiple shooters, the wrong location, because the people that are calling it in are in a panic. And now the 911 dispatcher is trying to decipher what is going on through you know hundreds of different phone calls and then the police just know hey i need to go out to this 100 acre campus and i have no idea where this person is at and they're they're just walking into pure chaos bog of war
0: I, I just kind of looking at again doing my research i i came up with a figure correct me if you want or, or don't um <laughs> i feel like we're really getting into secret service stuff here we shouldn't talk about but approximately twenty to fifty dollars per camera per year. And one of the thing and, and you know some of these buildings might have a 500 cameras. You can't put a price on saving a human life, period. But one of the things I love about your company, not only have you got the Navy SEALs and the other secret squirrels and the, the techno geeks doing this, but as I understand it, Mike, you also have folks within your company that will help some of these organizations like a small school somewhere write a grant and find funding so that they, that they can employ this in their school rather than, than starting a long-winded fundraising campaign.
1: Uh, yeah, that's correct. Particularly for schools or other institutions that can apply for state funding or even federal funding, we will help as much as possible for them to make that happen. So we do have grant writers and staff.
0: Mike, we're down at just about five minutes. I want to, you know, one of the goals of this is to, to share lessons learned with other veteran entrepreneurs. We talked a little bit about how you bootstrap the company. Was there any other landmines that you ran into that you could tell other veteran entrepreneurs that might help them avoid the same mistake? I, I mean, your company is pretty unique. It's not like I'm, I'm making t-shirts out there.
1: I mean, I feel like there's landmines every day. I feel like uh, when, when you take the path of an entrepreneur and start your own company and, and, and try to grow it and fulfill a need it's it's tough you have fires burning everywhere all the time and it's you just have to get comfortable with letting some fires burn for a while while you fight the the bigger ones and it's a it's a matter of looking at everything in front of you and just prioritizing funding is always tough for people trying to start a company you know you, like you mentioned earlier family and friends self-funding credit cards second mortgage on the house liquidating retirement accounts etc but without risk there's no reward so you have to take that leap and and just believe in yourself and if you get knocked down it doesn't work out that first time figure out what your lessons you've learned were and and apply it to your next venture excellent
0: advice how do you plan on scaling zero eyes
1: uh, the same way we've been just keep putting one foot in front of the other and, and taking it as it comes and stay in our lane focus on a keep focusing on the gun detection and keep pushing forward and through our recruiting efforts they use Uh, veterans and and former law enforcement, it goes a long way for us.
0: It seems like there's, you know, I like to shoot, and I don't want to say there's a new platform coming out every few months, but the the suspects, if you will, in your AI are changing quite a bit. How easy would it be to integrate someone who's brandishing a machete or something like that?
1: We've kicked that back and forth quite a bit, and it, it just goes back to, can we do it? Yes. Do we want to do it right now? No. And and the reason is, is we want to focus on those events where someone's walking in a, somewhere where they have a gun that could kill many people in a very short time frame. Someone with a machete, yes. Are they going to do damage? Absolutely. But just so we don't spread ourselves too thin, we're going to focus on, on the on the gun side for now.
0: Sure. Yeah, somebody with a 30-round magazine has got more, more potential. Just down to about two minutes, Mike, I've heard from a lot of veteran entrepreneurs who really are – are forward leaning about having other veterans within their company and the advantages that that brings to the company of, you know, a sense of mission above self and, and understanding command structures and those sorts of things. Is that, is that part of the reason you like to hire lots of veterans or is it more of a practical situation where you need cops and veterans who know how to identify a weapon period? It's a mix
1: of both, you know, focusing on veterans, I think is a no brainer for any company. They all have the soft skills. Right, everything you just mentioned and the teamwork, the leadership, communication. Communication in any business environment is key in being able to move forward. You might fall into a pit, hit a roadblock, walk on that quote-unquote landmine. But if you don't have the communication and the people that could sit there with a calm, collected head to understand what's going on and how they're going to move forward, things will fall apart really quickly, and that's why veterans are great. And a lot of them, depending on what they did in the military, have the background, will drive right into a certain business role. Mm -hmm. Uh, It could be technical. It could be more of like a business development side of the house. But at the end of the day, and they're also looking for that next move in life, especially leaving the military, and they want a sense of mission and purpose and teamwork, and let's create that place for them.
0: Mike, we have affiliates broadcasting from California to Virginia, so we got a lot of ears on this, both law enforcement and military. Can you say are there any particular disciplines you're looking for right now to, to bring into the company?
1: Uh, that, you know what? We're, we're pretty wide open about it. We brought in people that it, it was kind of trying to – We're it was difficult finding, like, the right fit for them, but we're like, hey, this, this person we could just tell is going to gel with the team. So we train them. And it, none of the – I mean, some of the skills that we have in the company is <laughs> – You have to have some chops in it before coming in. But a lot of people we can train. Mike
0: Leahiff, I tell you what, I love and I appreciate and I really admire what you and the team at Zero Eyes are doing to keep our community safe here on the home front. And God bless you and your team there at Zero Eyes. Folks, again, visit zeroeyes.com to learn more. Mike, thanks for spending time with our listeners today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: All right. Take care, brother. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, another great show on the can. Don't forget, over 500 podcasts at AmericanWarriorRadio.com. Until next time, all policies and procedures are to remain in place. Take care. You've been listening to American Warrior Radio. Archived episodes may be found at AmericanWarriorRadio.com or your favorite podcast platform.